Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolias First. For more information, visit www.magnoliasfirst.org. Well, once again, we welcome you to worship here at Magnolias First online. And again, this week, we are worshiping from hundreds of different places, yet united with one heart in worship to our risen Lord. And I'm so glad that you've joined us this Easter Sunday morning. Last week, we talked a little bit about funny things in the middle of a pandemic. And I continue to see those and uh, just the course of everyday life. Our daughter Jessica works for Starbucks, and as you may know, uh, Starbucks is drive through only now. And uh, they have all kinds of customers come through uh, the drive through line at Starbucks, but they've never had one quite like this one. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know what the officer ordered, but I think the horse ordered a white chocolate mocha latte, and uh, they enjoyed that that time. Uh, well, if you were to walk by my house in uh, Thousand Oaks subdivision, you would see this vehicle parked out front. And that's not funny in and of itself. My sister-in-law works for Encompass Health, and uh, she's riding out the pandemic uh, with us. But it turned out to be funny when one day last week, Cindy was walking in the neighborhood, and she encountered a sweet friend uh, that we've met there in Thousand Oaks who is not a member of our church. And uh, when she uh, walked up to Cindy, she said, Oh, Cindy, is Pastor Ed okay? And she said, well, yes, he, he's doing fine. Are, are you sure? Yes, he's, he's doing fine. She said, oh, I was so worried. When I saw the hospice car out front, I, I just was so worried. And then when it stayed all night, I, I thought it must really be bad. She said, no, 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 no. That's my sister-in-law's work vehicle. She's just staying with us during the pandemic. She said, Oh, I'm so relieved. Well, I was pretty relieved too. And uh, I just want to assure you that I'm alive and well. But today we're not here to celebrate that I'm alive. We're here to celebrate that Jesus is alive. The arrival of the risen Christ that first Easter morning changed everything. No one before or since has conquered death, yet Jesus is victorious over the grave. Which means that not only is he alone worthy of our worship and our praise, but he alone is the only one deserving of our faith and our trust for life and salvation. When Jesus walked out of that tomb, Jesus' resurrection brought us new life, and we celebrate that today. If you have your Bibles, open them first to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. We'll be looking at several different passages, and you feel free to follow along in your own Bibles, or we'll provide all of the verses on the screen from the New Living Translation. Mark, chapter 16. <clears throat> Saturday evening. When the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices 
so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Jesus' resurrection was and is the pivotal event in all of human history. It answered once and for all the question that mankind has pondered since the beginning of the human race. Is there a God who created all that we see and who has power over all, or are we alone on planet Earth? The resurrection of Jesus settled once and for all the questions about Jesus' identity. Was he the Son of God? It's settled once and for all. Does he have all power? For if one has power over death, he has all power. It's settled finally and completely his claim to be the only way to salvation and eternal life. All of those and so much more were validated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There have been a multitude of religious leaders through the centuries who have claimed to be worthy of worship. And many still have followers today, Muhammad and Confucius and Buddha and others, all of whom have people who have trusted in them and believed in them. But all of them are dead. The story is told about a, a Buddhist who became a Christian. He put his faith in Jesus Christ and his family who were steeped in Buddhism began to, to ridicule him and question him and say, why would you become a Christian? And he said, well, let me put it to you this way. If you came to a fork in the road and two men were there and one was dead and the other was alive, which one would you ask for directions? If you're not going to worship the one who conquered sin, death, and the grave, you might as well worship a stone. What Jesus' resurrection did changed everything. What is it? What blessings? What benefits? What realities did Jesus' resurrection bring to us? Here are a few. Jesus' resurrection brought us forgiveness. It brought us forgiveness. In Luke chapter 7, the Pharisees are trying to entrap Jesus, and so one of them has invited him to come to dinner at his home, and the scene that unfolds shows Jesus' power 
to forgive. Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought an expensive alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Well, this confused the Pharisee. He criticized Jesus for allowing this expensive, extravagant act. He even said that the money should be used for the poor, though he cared nothing for the poor. And Jesus made it clear it was not about the financial investment that she had made. It was about her heart that was broken over her sin as she came to Jesus, loving him and seeking forgiveness for her sin. Pick up the account once again with verse 44 of Luke 7. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, which was the custom of the day. But from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Jesus could not have forgiven the woman's sins without that authority from the heavenly Father. And the resurrection proved that he was God's son and that he had the authority to forgive sins, to forgive her sins and to forgive ours. Some have accused Christianity of just being a pie-in-the-sky religion just the the hereafter, having nothing to do with real life. And that couldn't be further from the truth. The resurrection for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus changes their yesterday, their today, and their tomorrow. You see, Jesus' resurrection brought us life with meaning, with meaning. The Apostle Paul understood that so well. He'd been saved from a life of being an enemy of Christ to becoming the greatest missionary the church has ever known. And so in the book of Romans chapter 8, he wrote about what a difference faith in Christ 
makes in the life of his follower. Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 31. The apostle said, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Though we are never promised a life without struggle or suffering, we are promised a life of constant companionship with the Savior of the world. A life of comfort, knowing that he loves us and that he guides our lives. A life of assurance, knowing that through faith in him, we have been adopted into his family and we belong to him. Twenty centuries of proof has shown us that the gospel has the power to transform a life and give it meaning and purpose and the power to overcome sinful temptations. The story is told of a man who the Lord delivered from alcoholism and radically changed his life. And some of his old drinking buddies were, were making fun of him and, and saying, oh, you're just believing in a delusion. And here's what he said, quote, well then, I thank God for the delusion because it has put clothes on my children's backs and shoes on their feet and bread in their mouths. It has made a man out of me and put joy and peace in my home, which before had been a living hell. And there are thousands upon thousands of those kinds of stories, how the resurrected Jesus has changed their life completely. You see, Jesus' resurrection brought us a relationship rather than religion. Again, the Apostle Paul wrote of this so beautifully, this time in Galatians chapter 3. Beginning with verse 26, the Apostle said, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. You see, when you put your faith in the living Christ, you are not just learning lessons from the words of someone who is dead and gone. You have entered into a dynamic, personal, daily living relationship with the resurrected Lord. And it is not just for future eternal salvation. 
It is for every day of your life. You know, one of my favorite characters in history is Abraham Lincoln. I happen to think he was the greatest president the United States has ever had. And I sometimes wonder, what would it be like if I could have a conversation with Abe Lincoln? In these days, I've thought, uh, I would ask him, President Lincoln, if you were president now, what decisions would you make? How would you lead our nation through this pandemic? After all, you led our nation through the greatest tragedy of its history in the Civil War. What would you do if you were president today? But I can't ask him that because as great a man and as great a president as he was, he's dead. I can't carry on a conversation with Abraham Lincoln, but I can with my Lord Jesus Christ. Why does it matter that Jesus is living rather than dead? Because you can only have memories of the dead but you can have a relationship with the living. The chorus of that great hymn that we sing every Easter, and we sang it at the sunrise service this morning, says, He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Let me just say to you today that if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus by faith, maybe you're just watching this Easter service with your family because it's good to be with your family. It's good to go to church even online on Easter. But in your heart, you know you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. He's not your Savior and your Lord. Then if you would like to talk about that, if you have questions, I would never coerce you or pressure you, but I would be glad to carry on a dialogue with you. Please write me. Email me at edc at magnoliasfirst.org and I would be delighted to talk as long as you want to by email and uh, I would be happy to send you materials if you'd like. But the greatest decision you will ever make in life is to trust Jesus Christ by faith. And as wonderful as life with the Savior is here on earth, there's something even better at the end. For the resurrection brought us eternal life. The Apostle Paul talked about the resurrection that is to come for those who believe in Jesus. In that great chapter known as the resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, I begin with verse 3. Paul said, I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me, and it was this. Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. 
He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Stop and think about that for a moment. The historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ has been acclaimed and validated by historians, both Christian and those who are not Christian, for many, many years. It is one of the best documented events in all of human history. Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and his resurrection authenticated his power, his power to raise us on the last day when he comes again. Go back to that great chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, and begin with me at verse 51. Paul says, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown, and when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? And then his praise in verse 57. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, because Jesus was raised more than 20 centuries ago, there is an answer to death in 2020. In the midst of this global pandemic, where people from the mightiest to the lowest are living in fear of sickness and in fear of death, I say to you today that because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, we no longer have to fear death. Bill and Gloria Gaither captured it so well many years ago when they wrote a gospel song that really has become a hymn of the church that says, God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He gave his life to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. There at home, sing with me. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all 
fear is gone because I know he holds the future. My life is worth the living just because he lives. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let me pray. Our Father, we thank you that indeed we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. I thank you that every one of us who know Jesus Christ by faith can sing from our hearts of a risen Savior. Lord, I pray for anyone who is watching today who has never trusted in the only one who can save them, the only one who can give them a life truly worth living here on earth, the only one who can secure for them eternity in heaven. We thank you that though we are all sinners, you paid the price for our sin on the cross and you proved that you had the power to do so when you were raised from the dead. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. We pray these things in the glorious name of our risen Lord. Amen.